Hello, welcome to episode 116. My name is Josh. Uh, I am also joined by another Josh today. Uh, I'll be introducing him very shortly. Um, it's been quite a week for the Albion. Uh, you know, this time last week almost, uh, we uh, when Fulham led at West Brom last Saturday, uh, we were two points clear of the relegation zone. Um, the gap is going to be anywhere from 8 to 11 after this uh, this game that West Ham and Fulham is currently going on. Um, what a week. What a wild, wild week. Uh, Josh Gold, welcome to uh, to the to the pod. Uh, introduce yourself. Um, yeah, well, my name's Josh also. Uh, Great sort name. of Brighton-related. <laughs> um, I never really watched much when I was a kid. And then when I was about 12, we moved up to Mansfield in Nottinghamshire. Yep. And then from there, we sort of started going to Albion away games at Nottingham Forest, Notts County, Chesterfield. And especially as a young kid going to away games, you're just, you're in awe of it because you're standing up, everyone's shouting, screaming. And then from there, I just fell in love with it. Nice, 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 nice. So are you from, where are you, where are you from originally, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, uh, no, I'm from Crawley. Okay, nice. So, uh, and when when were you, like, what when was your first game would you say like what kind of year again 12 so god i'm old so i'm nearly 30 <laughs> <laughs> honestly i wouldn't be able to remember probably like 2008 maybe when yeah, we were in sounds about uh, right. sort of league one division two back then yeah yeah those away days were were real special so i feel you on that um i think away days are always my favorite Whenever I'd do any of the games, it was always the away days were better than better than the home games for me. I think that was similar to you. Like my first games that I went to were all away from home. Um, I think it's always just I just love it. So fair play. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. In terms of the week, uh, it's been a wild one. Um, of course, taking all the points. Uh, against Tottenham and Liverpool, probably, you know, better than anybody could have asked for, for sure. Um, but unfortunately, it has came at a price. Uh, it looks like Solly March may well be out for the rest of the season with uh, cartilage damage um, and, and whatever else, and he's having to have surgery. Um, how much of a blow do you do you think that is for the team? I think it's a massive blow. I think Solly is he's fully got into that process. He's coming towards the end of it. He's... He's doing everything that's been asked of him by Graham, you know, coming forward, putting in the crosses. And now we started shooting uh, a bit more, which before he was kind of a bit hesitant about that. You know, he'd get there to the final third and then didn't know where to go. But you can't ask any more of him in the recent games. Yeah. And like you said, like he's actually started to score goals, two goals this season and assist from that left wing back position. He's, you know, he's actually starting to. He was he was starting to produce some really good stuff, and now he's out. Um, I mean, I know that I know that Izquierdo had a similar-ish injury, um, and you know he was just a little bit younger than Solly is now when he got it, and and we all know how that's gone for him. Um, so hopefully, you know, Solly can have a little bit of a uh, an easier comeback into the team. Um, in terms of replacements, obviously Dan Byrne played there today. Uh, do you think that Dan Byrne is going to be the man that kind of sticks in that position for the rest of the year? Or do you think that we could actually see uh, the young Polish Karbalnik come in and and kind of stamp himself on the team earlier than he ever expected? 
Yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, I haven't seen too much of the Kabanic. I actually started watching a few highlights today, but obviously it just depends how long it takes him to get into that that potable sort of process and whether we'll start him in the FA Cup game coming up or perhaps that is the intention of having him take that role now Solly's out. Yeah, like I agree with you. I, I honestly haven't seen a great deal of him either. I'd, I'd seen a lot more of uh, of Moda, Moda. Um, I, I can't wait to find out how you pronounce that correctly. Um, <laughs> but I, I'd seen a lot more of him because he played pretty regularly for the Polish team, didn't he? And, and he was on the TV. Yeah, yeah. But, well, we'll see. I, I mean, I'm sure that we'll probably both uh, be in agreement then from the sounds of it for the Leicester game that we'd like to see him get some game time. Um, six games in three, uh, three games in six days, rather, as opposed to the other way around that have been brutal. <laughs> um, and, and you know, we were we were travelling up to a Burnley team that traditionally in our head-to-heads we, we generally take one point apiece from in the last 11 games. I think we've had eight draws. Um when you look at the, the the games we'd had beforehand, uh, what was your what was your hope before we even rolled out there today? To be honest, I kind of expected a draw. It was a case of beating Tottenham, beating Liverpool, and then Burnley, and you're you're expecting that to be a draw or a loss. And um, like you said before, the recent games that we've had have all been draws, whether it be nil nil, one one. Um, apart from obviously that last game of last season, but there was kind of nothing to play for, and we went all out for it. But yeah, I was expecting a draw. Yeah, and and I think I was on one of the uh, like the Burnley podcast this week, and I predicted one-one as well. And I think I think they did as well. I think the, I think the writing <laughs> was on the wall from the word go that this was just going to be the way it was. And I suppose you know when you take six points off of the games just recently, I think that going away to Burnley is one of those total change of pace kind of environments. And I think that the draw is always going to be one of those very big possibilities for the team. In yeah, term- exactly. Like I said, they, um, they like to sort of, you know, go back four, four midfield and we always struggle against that sort of play. Physical too. That's that's always something that, that seems to struggle against us as well, especially at the back, I feel like. Um, with the with the strikers we have, I feel like that really physical game and that that kind of at the back and in the midfield can can cause us a couple of problems sometimes. Yeah, 100%. I thought when so I saw the starting lineup, I, I thought Connolly was going to be outbodied, outmuscled at pretty much every part of the game. Yeah, and, and onto the starting lineup, I think he pretty much was, wasn't he? Um, throughout most of the game, he was he was really, you know, just manhandled by by that back line. Um, in terms of giving Trossard a rest, uh, I think that was probably the right decision to you. Uh, yeah, like I said, he was exhausted at the end of that Liverpool game. Yeah, he was he was dead. Um, and Alzate though was a bit of a surprise to me, um, given that he you know he was the one that got the goal. However, uh, weird that goal looked in the end on the replay. Um, did you think he he was the right decision to drop him and bring back in McAllister, or do you think it was a bit harsh on Stephen to drop him? Uh, I like the fact McAllister came back in because I think he gives us a bit of that sort of flair that he has. Uh, with Azay, I thought potentially he might have gone into the right wing-back role because I know he's played there a couple of times. Yeah, that's a great shout. That was actually uh, on that podcast I did with those lads. I think that was my prediction that he would go there because I, I kind of assumed Veltman wouldn't be ready. Um, I don't know if you saw the press conference, but it sounded like Veltman wasn't going to be ready to me. 
Yeah, no, he didn't sound too keen, but Potter never really comes out and says too much about injuries, does he? He's very mystique about it. Yeah, you're right. I've, well, I feel like Brighton have been very mystique about injuries since we got promoted. I feel like we never quite know when people are coming back and when they're not. No, they just disappear for months or they come back within a week. Yep. <laughs> um, in terms of the left wing back role, that was pretty uh, pretty straightforward. I think we all expected Dan Byrne after his heroics at Liverpool to to step in at left wing back. Um, and, and I think he did okay with that. In terms of the the Burnley lineup, uh, was there anybody on that side that that made you think like this is someone we've got to watch out for today, or or was it something that you kind of looked at and thought this this produces no surprises? Uh, uh, this is exactly what I thought we were going to see. Yeah, that exactly. It's standard with Burnley, isn't it? It's the four four two. I think Pope's been in good form recently, and obviously Barnes seems to always score against us or nearly score against us. Yeah. For, for real. Um, I, whenever Barnes is on the team sheet, I'm always worried. Um, and Goodmanson as well, which ended up being a good worry to have. Yeah. In fact, um, I think he's very underrated as a, as a player. Um, in terms of the first, I mean, it was a tale of two halves, so we may as well address it one half each. Um, that, that first half was, was pretty good from the Albion. I thought, um, I thought, you know, we, we went out and did a job that wasn't particularly pretty, but, you know, we we did a half-decent job. We pretty much shared the possession. Um, I mean, we pretty much shared everything uh, in terms of stats. That The difference was that we bagged the goal. Um, I thought we looked a little bit off it, a little bit more tired than usual. Um, but, you know, once that 45 minutes came to an end, I was about as happy as I could be. Uh, but, like, from watching that first half, you know, how were you feeling at the end of that? Uh, yeah, like I said they all—they looked a little bit, a little bit tired and fatigued, which you can understand from the Liverpool game. I thought Dan Byrne was was gassing right at the end of that, and I, I was quite surprised that he didn't get subbed actually. Yeah, yeah, same. Um, I thought Bissouma looked pretty tired too. Um, from pretty much the first whistle, I thought Bissouma looked tired. Um, but with him being such a like you know important player, I think that we're probably going to play him as often as possible in the same way that uh, United, for example, play Bruno at every opportunity. They're they're that important to the team. I think that he's probably going to get run into the ground. Um, good opportunity to give him a rest this this uh, this midweek. I think. In terms of uh, the second half, however, uh, was not so great. Um, Burnley came out all guns firing. Uh, they were a lot more dominant in that second half. Um, do you think we were lucky to escape with a point today? Uh, or do you think that we we deserved it? Oh, uh, no. To be honest, about 10 minutes into the second half, I was thinking, I, I, t- I take the point now. Stop the game, we'll take the point because it was just consistent barrage from Burnley. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I was hoping they would just find a way to just end it because it, uh, it looked like we were going to have to try and escape for a while there. Um, subs though, in terms of the subs, I know Potter gets a lot of uh, shit sometimes for the, for the substitutions he makes. Um, did you think the substitutions were a good substitutions and B, do you think he did them at the right time or do you think he waited too long or too soon? Uh, no, like I said, the only sub I would have done, I would have, again, you don't know how much he's got into training how much he's with the team, but the, the Polish left back, I was surprised not to see him come on for Dan Byrne because I thought Dan was just, he was exhausted and you can't blame him after the Liverpool game. We saw him up front and in defence as much times as we could. 
Yeah, no, you're, yeah. And, you know, he's not, uh, he's not a, a lad that I feel like is, uh, has developed an engine over his career. He's, he's, you know, he's been predominantly a center half, hasn't he? And he's not someone that is probably used to the work he's been given under this potter side. So I, I did feel a bit bad for him as well. Um, I do think he's actually presenting more of an aerial threat lately, though. Do you? I, I found that that was something that, was baffling to me that he, he he wouldn't, but I feel like lately he's he's actually been a bit more influential up there. Uh, yeah, I think for sure. I think with Liverpool, you could see kind of the game plan was get the ball up there, and Dan Burns going to win yeah. it in the final third. <laughs> it was kind of like Potter had come out of sort of a weird money ball type scenario, thinking right, Dan Ball's going to win the ball in the air, and we'll start taking it from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's spot on. Um, pretty reminiscent of Hutton's tactics, really. Uh, it's just that once the ball has been won in the air, that the football is a lot more fluid and attractive to watch. Um, but it kind of looked like the the origin story was the same as Hutton's. Yeah, I think just with Potter, it was always about getting that second ball. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Did you have a chance to catch the Forest result today? Uh, yeah, I did have that in my notes, actually. Halfway through, I checked it and saw... You know, Murray with a couple and Bong with the assist and the knockout. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a full reunion. Um, someone shared a, a tweet of a video at full time, and those three are in a group hug, jumping up and down. Um, they look very happy to be re- reunited. Uh, I'll retweet that on my timeline once we're off for call. Um, you should definitely take a look. It's funny. I think it's everyone's sort of second favorite team now, isn't it? Especially Brighton fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how can it not be? You've got you've got Hutton, who is you know a legend from the club, I think, and then you've got Murray, Knockart, and Bong all playing there. Regardless of yeah. how we, regardless of how we felt about Bong at the end, you know, he he was superb in the championship, especially. Um, yeah, exactly, and Bong was part of a squad that beat United sort of two times, didn't they? The one where we stayed up, and then when we beat them three two the first game. Yeah, spot on. Yep, and. And the other thing I think is the one thing I'll always remember about Bong is is his game at Anfield, um, where he he somehow managed to keep Salah in his back pocket for ninety minutes, and oh, yeah, I will just yeah, never yeah. forget it. I can't believe he did it. <laughs> uh, in terms of the the players today, um, taking a look at some of them, uh, was there anybody out there that? Let's go with the bad first. Um, was there anybody who stood out in that? That you know that team in general that you thought, ah, like you—that's a bit of a day to forget. Um, we'll kind of f- brush that one under the carpet and go again. Ah, see, for me, I don't know. It might be controversial, but it, for me, it's Connolly. I think he's he's not consistent enough, and I think he should have gone out on loan. But due to sort of you know the lack of options we had, he was he stayed basically, and he had a couple of performances and then he kind of disappears for a while so I think it would have been good for him to get some consistent football maybe in the championship yeah not yeah not a bad shout do you have any clubs in mind though you'd like him to have gone to (laughs) well now let's go Nottingham Forest (laughs) (laughs) yeah fair play um I was surprised that I was honestly surprised we didn't send him back out to to Luton given that it was a bit unfair on him that his his uh he didn't get that game time you know no, he got injured straight away, didn't he? Yeah, and then they went on a promotion run and they were in such good form, they didn't change the winning formula, which obviously resulted in no games for him. <laughs> um, no, I think that would have been good for him, but I said the problem is with he was getting out-muscled and he doesn't win fouls. Refs just don't, they won't give him a foul. 
Do you think that is from the Everton game way back when? Because that was quite an early controversial VAR decision in, in VAR's existence, wasn't it? Do, do you think that genuinely plays on, on the referees' minds when they when they see Aaron go down? Yeah, I think it was probably the, the big the first big moment with VAR. But yeah, I think that maybe there must be something because it's not one ref, it's all the refs. Yeah, I agree with you. It, you like, I totally agree with you. Um, he ended up today with uh, three shots, one on target, and, and actually ended up with the most XG in the team as well, for all that's worth, uh, 0.22. And to me, and I don't know if you agree with that, with this, um, but I feel like every, almost every shot Aaron took, I think barring the one outside the box, uh, the other two shots Aaron took were ones that he probably shouldn't have took. I felt like he could have squared them both to to kind of players that were in a much better position. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Even the one sort of outside the box, it was a good shot in the end, but there were a couple of options lining up on the right hand side, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, and and in terms of you know influence on the play, uh, he had 16 touches today, more less than anybody else uh, in the team by quite some margin. Mopai was was the second least with with 26. So, I mean, if uh, if anybody's listening and thinking initially that was a controversial one, I think. You know, just the eye test and and the stats behind it says that I think you are probably pretty much spot on. Um, I think he was he was very disappointing in in the role he was given. Um, was yeah, there anybody was else? Sort of, I'm sorry, go on. I was saying he was just sort of chasing the ball, like wasn't he? Sort of, if it was in the back half, he'd go from left to right, but that was it. That was kind of all he had to do. Yeah. Yep. And and. For what it's worth, uh, defensively, he had nothing. No tackles, no interceptions, no, no blocks, nothing like that. So uh, even that part of the job, he, he you know, he failed to impress. Um, was there anybody else out there that you you were disappointed by? Uh, not really disappointed by. Like I said, I think everyone was just fatigued from the sort of the two crazy games that we've just had. But no, I think everyone was, they were kind of just meh, if you get me <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I think for me, uh, again, might be a controversial one given uh, the 2021 he's had. I, I thought McAllister was was subpar today um, compared to his usual performances. He he didn't really offer anything going forward. Um, I felt like we could we couldn't stop him shooting um, the other the other week and and this week he he really wasn't creating anything at all. Um, Joel Veltman had had more creative influence than than McAllister and. He didn't have any shots at all. I I was pretty disappointed with Alexis, to be honest. I, I thought he was going to be that kind of anchor between, you know, midfield and attack, and and he wasn't really doing anything at all. No, and again, I don't think Burnley sort of let you play that sort of style of football. As soon as you get the ball there, they're bam, they're straight on you. And maybe McAllister's used to a bit more time, potentially. But yeah, it was just a little bit of a an average performance, I'd say. Yeah, and he did. He did take a clattering today. I felt as well. Yeah. <laughs> he, I felt like he was always on the floor being battered. So I, th- I think you may be onto something there. He was. Uh, he was maybe singled out as someone to really go in on early and often um, because yeah, he, he so. took a beating. <laughs> um, in terms of the good though, because you know we've still had a, a lot of good few uh, good few performances, and mm-hmm. this one was you know very very dogged at the back, and, and we did good defensive work. Um, who stood out for you in in uh, in the starting eleven and, and even the subs in terms of those players that that really stood out? 
Uh, I think the one that stood out probably just have to go with Dunk for the fact that he got the goal. I think it was a good goal. The Burnley guy was on the he was on the corner. Potentially should have jumped in front of it, but we still got the goal from it. Yeah, I was I was stunned as to how bad that defending was on the post. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like you said, like yeah, it's your job. You have one job. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I was baffled that that he managed to allow that to go past him. I was happy about it, but I was shocked. Um, yeah, I think we were long overdue for a sort of set piece goal as well. Because literally just before we took it, I thought to myself, oh, we haven't scored from a corner in quite a while. And then Dunk got it in. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think that I think I said it on a couple of different podcasts recently. I, I feel like we really, really have uh, sorted ourselves out at set pieces, both offensively and defensively. Um, I, you know, I almost feel like we're unlucky not to have scored a couple more. Um, from Duncan Webster in the last couple of weeks, I, I feel like we've really turned a corner. Do you, do you see the same thing I'm seeing, or am I just seeing it with rose tinted specs? <laughs> no, it does. It seems like the process has now taken that turn. We're all kind of waiting, going, "Well, that shot went a couple of centimeters this way, that way, it'd be a goal." And then now we've started to get in the goals and the clean sheets. Yeah, agreed. Um, I do want to talk about one man. I'm going to save him till last. Um, in terms of somebody that that really impressed me today, and I know it was very, very, you know, minimal amount of time, but I think the the influence and the way Adam Lalana stopped the bleeding, uh, I thought was superb today. Um, you know, he he only came on for that last fifteen minutes, but the the change to a back four um, and and that presence in that midfield that Lalana gave gave us kind of a way to outnumber them again in that middle of the park. Um, I thought he was, you know, sent out and did an unbelievable job in in stemming that flow because they were coming on and it almost felt like a matter of time until he was out there and and then it all of a sudden became very end to end again. Um, did you did you notice that or again is that something I just saw and because I want him to be so worth what what we've paying him? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at it biasly. Uh, no, I thought exactly the same. I think even about. 60 to 65 minutes I text my friend and I said I think we need to bring Lalana on because he would just sort of slow it down and control the game a bit because at that point it was just a Burnley wave yeah yeah it really was um in terms of the uh the Burnley wave and and the problems we were having with with defending them we we have now lost Adam Webster which is far from ideal um hopefully it's nothing too serious uh but if it is, you know, a couple of weeks out, what uh, what do you what do you want to see from from the Albion side going forward? Do you do you anticipate three at the back and and maybe Veltman filling in and then Alzate out wide, or do you think it's going to be a revert to to four at the back simply due to the sheer lack of options we have now? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy for the amount of centre backs that we've got in different positions they play, and it's we've now got to this point where we're a lot of injuries in, but yeah, it's a tough one. I would like Alzati on the right because I thought he was pretty good. Beltman back in the middle with Duncan White and then you pretty have to put big Dan Byrne, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, spot on. Um, yeah, I think that I almost wonder if if left wing back is is the more uh, pressure-free option for Karbalnik if we, if we stick him in there because he has to do slightly less work at the back. But at the same time, left back, I feel, is is even easier to play if that makes sense, like, you know, you've got a very clear job at left back as opposed to wing back. And I, I wonder if that might give him more chances than we thought. 
um, in terms yeah, of well, I think we need there. to try we sort of need to try and see how he is potentially in the FA Cup game obviously you can't predict these injuries but you know Bernardo was still here Bernardo would slip into that position yeah and I, I was just thinking that when Solly went down um, I was like you know however however much he seemed to struggle for a while I'd, I I sure wish we had Bernardo in the squad now because um, at least we knew what he was you know what he was about for a, for a little while there um, in terms of over the one man I do want to talk about that's that's Robert Sanchez um, I'm not sure about you but he was he was my man of the match today uh, I thought he was you know responsible for a, a great deal of, of goals saved um, do you think that the uh, the reason for us progressing on set pieces so dramatically it is the presence of a six foot six goalkeeper yeah see I I love Matty Ryan. I think he's been great to the club. I think he's probably the nicest player that I've met in actual person. But yeah, Sanchez just gives me that confidence from set pieces. Like, you know he's going to come out and collect. Whereas with Matty, he'd stand on the line and just scream away and then they'd score. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I pretty much echo everything you just said. <laughs> I, I was a big fan of Matty Ryan too. I still am. I'm glad he had a good game against, you know, for Arsenal today from all the reports I read. It sounds like he played pretty well. Um, and I'm I'm really happy for him, but you know the the sheer size and presence of this lad is is definitely helpful. I think. Um, yeah, I think that's the thing with Sanchez, like you mentioned, it's the presence as well. Like you know, that's his area. It's, that's just the way I feel when he's in goal. You just know that's his box. Yeah, yeah, and I think that I think that's probably a huge um, relief for the centre halves too, because they you know they they probably get that shout and they can take a little bit of a relaxed <laughs> uh, <laughs> approach when they know he's coming out. Um, weirdly enough, though, I did almost feel like he was partly responsible for the goal. And the the thing that really concerns me with Sanchez is his parrying. And I feel like an awful lot of his saves go back out into the middle of the box. Have you, have you noticed that about him? Yeah, I mean, it's happened a couple of times, hasn't it? The parry's gone out to the opposition straight into the net. I mean, that shot, it was quite a close range shot, but yeah, I get what you mean. The parry is it's the worrying part of Sanchez at the moment. Luckily, he's only 23. So, I mean, yeah. there's an awful lot of time to to adjust those those reflexes to push them wide as, or over as opposed to straight back out. Um, Distribution-wise as well, uh, I think we've definitely improved there. I feel like he, uh, he almost has a magnet to Dan Burns' head. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a good shout. I think it's wild. I think I think we've you know I think we've done a great job in developing him. Um, do you feel bad for Christian Walton at all, considering he was you know quite clearly heir apparent and and now he's suddenly dropped down due to that injury he had in preseason? Yeah, well, I think that that's case of the opportunity arose for Sanchez and he's taken it with both hands. But yeah, you'd always expect Walton was going to be the next one to come in, and then unfortunately got injured against Chelsea in the um the preseason game. But I feel bad, but Sanchez has taken that opportunity for someone who was at Rochdale, I believe, last season. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, that's quite some quite some jumping quality he's having to deal with. Um, t- who was your man of the match? Was it the same or was it someone different? Uh, yeah, it was either Dunk or Sanchez, to be honest. Got it. Fair, fair, fair. Um, so next up, uh, we've got... Well, I mean, we've got a hell of a February, haven't we? We've got some massive games coming up. Um, but first of all, we have we have Leicester 
on their way uh, to uh, the FA Cup, what, quarterfinal? No, last 16. Um, uh, I'm not sure it's one of them. Yeah. And, you know, we've, we're coming off the back of a good run of results, but, but we are pretty injury-stricken. Um, in terms of that starting 11, what, what, do, what do you want to see and what don't you want to see when, when we roll out on Wednesday? Uh, see, again, with the injuries, it's such a hard one. But I think we're going to have to start, we're going to have to bring a lot of youngsters on, I reckon. You know, we're the, um, who was the striker? Kad- Kadra? Kadara? Yes, Kadra, I think, yeah. Kadra. He, st- yeah, he scored maybe. yesterday, I think, for the under-23s. Yeah, I think it's time now to give them a, uh, a shout because we need to save our main squad for the, the upcoming games. Yep, fair. Do you think you'd... So, Walton in goal, you think you'd go with? Yeah, Walton in goal. And again, maybe, maybe we'll give this left-back a, a chance because I think Danburn can fit into that position if we need him to, but we also need to see what the, the Polish internationals are like. Yeah, I, I really, really hope we see Karbalnik. In fact, I hope we see both Polish internationals. Um, I, yeah, I would Mulder like to see well. Moda as well. Um, probably a good game for Percy Tau to get some game time as well. Um, I think, you know, he's been a bit unlucky uh, in in coming in at the one time we seem to go on an absolute belting <laughs> run of form. <laughs> um do you think that you know who are the who are the players that have played recently that that you won't be too upset to see play? Do you, do you think that you know the centre halves will be just fine, continue to play as they are, or would you even like to see some of them get a bit of a rest? Other than Webster, obviously, because he's corrupt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, I think we we need to rest them. I think we need to rest Dunk. <sighs> but again, what centre backs do we have to fill in their positions? That's the issue we've got at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, is is Hayden Roberts still at the team, or has he gone out on loan? I feel like I read something about him the other day. I'm not sure. I'd have yeah. to check that up. Yep, I can't remember either. Um, Pascal Gross, I really hope gets a rest. Um, I certainly won't be upset to see Adam Lalana play maybe 45 minutes to an hour as well, just to get some minutes under his belt. Yeah. Um, or do you think that would be too much of a risk, given that? He does seem very injury prone still. Yeah, I think injury prone, but I think we've gone on a run while he was injured. So I, reckon, I think it'd be good for him to get some more minutes. Yep, fair. Fair, fair, fair. All right, cool. See. So next couple of games we've got are uh, Leicester, of course. Um, and then we've got three big ones back to back to back. Uh, Brighton at home to Aston Villa. Brighton at home to Crystal Palace and then West Bromwich Albion away on the 27th of February. Uh, three games, nine points up for grabs. Um, what kind of haul are you are you looking there for? Uh, what were the games again? Crystal Palace. Yep, and Villa, and Villa at home and West Brom away. I think six or six or seven points would be nice. Who are you I getting? Think Villa who are you will getting be the those six game. from? <laughs> Uh, Palace and West Brom or yep. Palace and Villa knowing Brighton and we'll lose to West Brom something crazy like that yeah <laughs> yeah I mean that wouldn't surprise me um, have you had a chance to look at West Brom and Albion's fixture list coming into this month uh, no it is mental um, so they of course have uh, Spurs and what Manchester United coming up in the next week um, which is obviously tomorrow and, and next week they have Manchester United 
Um, and after that, uh, their next three for West Brom are Burnley, Brighton and Newcastle. Yeah, I don't see West Brom staying up. I don't see Fulham staying up. But I do see Sheffield staying up. Really? Yeah, I know. I'm just, I just feel it. I feel it a little bit. That is a hot take <laughs> on the Together BHA podcast. Sheffield United as <laughs> the team to save themselves from, from the doom of relegation. Who do you think is going to go down then instead? Uh, Newcastle did right today. They managed to keep on their victory against Southampton. They did. But they were a team that before that game today, I was expecting them potentially to slip down. So who is it then? Are you going to say Newcastle anyway? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Burnley. You think Burnley will go? So I suppose it's that... It's so hard. The, it the is, teams yeah. around us, it's really difficult to see them go down, but I just feel like one of the bottom three will get out and I'm going for Sheffield. Interesting. That is that is a that is a hot take. Um, I'll come I back was, to it at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do. Um, do you play fantasy Premier League at all? Uh, I do, but I'm not involved in your league. How are you doing though? Uh, I'm not doing too bad actually. I've made a few subs, but I had Watkins on, and obviously he, he scored against Matty Ryan in I think it was in the first two minutes. Yep, early, early goal. Uh, I've just had an absolute nightmare. Uh, Suchek has been sent off for West Ham oh, really? in the in the last minute of the game. Yeah. Um, and he Fulham, was on the tear as well. Yeah, Fulham got a draw today. Uh, that ended nil-nil. Just finished up. Um, they play a lot of good stuff, but just can't score goals. Similar to to the story we've been telling for a fair while this year as well, don't you think? Yeah, like so when I was watching Fulham, even when they played us, I was expecting them potentially to pull off, well, not an upset, but a victory against us because I like the way they play. But yeah, it's just a case of not getting the goals. Yeah. 100%. Um, so I did I did hear that you've got notes over there. Uh, do, what else have you got on your notes that we have not yet highlighted or covered, Josh? Uh, let me have a look. The Connolly thing, which I sort of said my part. Uh, and then like <laughs> Nottingham Forest, which was nice to see. Yeah, yeah. I'm really glad that, that they put together a good result today. I, I definitely don't want them to do bad now that they're all there, uh, for sure. Anything else? No, no. Uh, no, I think that's all it. All right. I've got anyway anything from you? No, nothing more from me other than I would uh, I would love six to seven points for our next three league games. Um, that they're super important. And my 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 honest thing is is same for you. I, I think if West Brom, you know, can't take many points from their next uh, that three games back to back of us, Newcastle, and and Burnley, I, I think they're done. You know, I think you can stick a fork in them before March even arrives. I think they're in uh, they're in big trouble at that point. And I was I was really happy, really, just to see that today. You know, it was an absolute nightmare for the entire bottom three with with us and Burnley sharing points and, and Newcastle taking all three. Um, it's given them a massive mountain to climb. Yeah, I think it's good for us to get the big wins, get the points. And now we can look down a little bit with. A little bit of safety, obviously not too much, but now we can just go on from here. Yeah, it, it does feel a little bit like, can you see any of those three teams in the bottom three scoring 10 more points than us this season? And exactly, you back can't. to back, and I, I can't see it either, um, which is lovely because a week ago, I didn't feel that way. <laughs> um, 
Last question, uh, Moises Caicedo. Uh, would you like to see him thrown in there, maybe for a cameo appearance against Leicester, or do you think that that's not likely to happen? I don't think it's likely. I'd like to see him, but I don't think it's likely. That it sort of seems a part of the players come over, they train a lot with the team, make one or two appearances, then go back and train with the team, and then suddenly go on a run of starts. It's kind of what happened with McAllister, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think you are right. Awesome. All right. That about wraps it, mate. Um, perfect. Thank you for coming on. Um, I'm sure you'll be on again at some point in the future. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we can grab a bunch of points off the next couple and, and we can look ahead and look above us for the rest of the season as opposed to below, which will be a nice change. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for having me on, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming on, mate. Have a great rest of your week. You too, mate. Stay safe. All right. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.